from the Heritage Foundation. I'm Tim Desher, and this is Heritage Explains. What is Brexit? The definition on Google is, quote, the withdrawal of the United Kingdom from the European Union. See? Simple enough, right? Not really. The total number of votes cast in favour of Remain was 16,141,241. The total number of votes cast in favour of Leave was 17,410,742. This means that the UK has voted to leave the European Union. Since the Brexit vote in June of 2016, the decision of the UK to leave the EU sent shockwaves around the world and sent the establishment into a frenzy. It was an inspiring example of the people overpowering the powerful elite. I feel elated. I feel it's the happiest day for a long time. Uh, I feel free. I think the British people have spoken. Making our own laws. I have no idea who's governing me and making my rules in Europe. And I'm looking forward to the European club come tumbling down. We need freedom from the, from the EU. You know, I'm not doing this for me because I'm retired. I'm doing this for my children and my children's children. The sun has risen on an independent, united kingdom. The EU's failing, the EU's dying. I hope we've knocked the first brick out of the wall. I hope this is the first step towards a Europe of sovereign nation-states, trading together, neighbours together, friends together, but without flags, anthems or useless old unelected presidents. But now, after more than three years from this monumental victory, Britain still remains in the EU. Why? Because former Prime Minister Theresa May and the other negotiators responsible for the exit have failed to deliver. Al Jazeera reported late last year of the frustration. Everyone's just disgusted with the government at the moment. So I think that's the biggest thing, because there's no answers as yet. I think a lot of people that have voted for leave perhaps wouldn't if they knew it was going to be this farce that it's turning into. A bit of a circus, really. You have a message for the Prime Minister? Go. It's time. You've had your time, sadly. And she did. Recently, Theresa May stepped down and the Conservative Party elected Boris Johnson to lead the British government. And he had a strong message for those who voted to leave the EU. The doubters, the doomsters, the gloomsters, they are going to get it wrong again. The people who bet against Britain are going to lose their shirts because we're going to restore trust in our democracy. And we're going to fulfill the repeated promises of Parliament to the people and come out of the EU on October the 31st. No ifs or buts. So now that Brexit has a new lease on life, how will this all play out? Will Britain finally leave the EU in October as Johnson promised? 
Will there be a deal that works for the Brexiters? And what will it mean for the U.S. and our special relationship with the U.K.? This week, we have the privilege of sitting down with Niall Gardner. He's the director of the Thatcher Center for Freedom and the Bernard and Barbara Lomas Fellow here at the Heritage Foundation. He also worked in Margaret Thatcher's administration in the U.K., and frequently travels back to track this ongoing story and many other issues. He explains. So now you're going to have to help me out here. Um, On June 23rd, 2016, the British people elected to leave the European Union. Uh, It it was a mandate. Um, I know a lot has happened since then. Um, But I think... Where I want to start is, is why after more than three years is Great Britain still in the EU? Well, that's, that's a great question. And uh, in June 2016, 17.4 million Britons voted to leave the European Union. It was the biggest ever democratic vote in British history. Uh, and a majority of the British people voted to, uh, to leave the, uh, the European Union after decades of membership. They said enough was enough. They wanted... British sovereignty, self-determination, control of borders, uh, and so on, fully restored to the British people. So that's what Brexit was all, all about. It's about Britain being, once again, a sovereign nation able to have full control over its own laws, its its trade policy, its borders, its destiny. Uh, and uh, when that vote happened, it was expected that Britain would actually leave the European Union within a couple of years. But three years on, uh, Britain had not left the European Union uh, you had a conservative British government headed by Theresa May, whose job it was to deliver Brexit. They simply did not deliver Brexit. Uh, Theresa May negotiated a withdrawal agreement with the European Union, which was a disastrously bad deal. It was defeated by Parliament uh, three times. Uh, it was a deal that um, really was not in the interests, I, I thought, of, of the British people. It made concession after concession to the EU. Uh, and, and the British people really wanted, uh, you know, wanted change, and they'd had enough of Theresa May's very weak leadership. And, and this, this was the opportunity then for uh, a Conservative Party leadership race to happen and for a new Prime Minister to come in. Which, of course, is Boris Johnson, and we'll get to him later. But I, I want to ask, if you have a mandate from a bunch of people that say, we want this. Yeah. Then why didn't it happen? Why was was it just did did Theresa May not want to leave, and she was just kind of paying lip service? What what is what did that look like? Yeah, you know, I think that um, it's important to bear in mind that Theresa May actually voted against Brexit in the 2016 referendum. Uh, she was at the time a uh, cabinet minister in the Cameron government. David Cameron, the then prime minister, was opposed to Brexit. And so only five British cabinet ministers out of about 28 rebelled against the prime minister and voted and campaigned for Brexit, actually. Uh, and, uh, and so you had a, uh, an extraordinary uh, rebellion within the Conservative Party against uh, the, the prime minister of the time. And Theresa May uh, fought tooth and nail against Brexit. She, however, became the prime minister following Brexit because the Brexit side was fundamentally divided. Everyone thought that Boris Johnson would be the Prime Minister in 2016 when David Cameron resigned, but the the Brexiteers actually um, 
fought uh, among among themselves. Uh, there was a um, a battle among the uh, the, the Brexit uh, leadership, and uh, and what happened was that Theresa May actually emerged as the sort of the default candidate. She was the former foreign home secretary uh, under David Cameron. Um, and and she actually um, became the party leader in the aftermath of of uh, your tremendous divisions within the Brexit uh, movement. And so we ended up with a prime minister who had actually voted Remain. Uh, and so you can see why Theresa May's heart wasn't in the Brexit negotiations with the European Union. She made concession after concession after concession she was, in my view, uh, an extremely weak uh, figure. She pledged to deliver Brexit, but she never did. Yeah. And she had a number of opportunities to do so. She simply didn't do it. Uh, and, and we ended up in the situation whereby three years on, we didn't have Brexit after, after the British people voted for it. So what are we negotiating or what are they negotiating for with the EU? Why don't you just leave? You know, what, yeah. what, explain that a little bit. Yeah. So basically, um, the negotiations center upon a uh, a trading uh, agreement with the EU. So that that's what it's all about. Um, Britain has been uh, part of the the European uh, uh, single market uh, for the last few uh, few decades. Britain is leaving the the single market. Also, Britain has been part of the EU Customs Union, which controls uh, external trade. And so uh, the British people really voted to leave the single market and the EU Customs Union. Uh, and in order to extricate itself fully from the European Union while maintaining uh, you know, a, a trading arrangement with the European Union, uh, an exit deal had to be negotiated. And this was known as EU Withdrawal Agreement. Uh, and so Theresa May spent years negotiating this agreement. But the EU actually treated it like a sort of punishment beating for Britain as a warning other EU uh, members that this is what happens if you leave the European Union, that you will be treated very harshly. And so uh, the negotiations became uh, almost the, the sort of the terms of surrender, actually. Uh, and uh, this is how Theresa May was approaching it, as, as though, you know, she, she was, um, uh, you know, uh, overseeing a damage limitation exercise instead of liberating the British people from the, from the EU. And so this this agreement that she negotiated was absolutely appalling. It would have kept Britain indefinitely within the EU Customs Union. Britain could not sign its own free trade uh, arrangements. European courts would still have supremacy over British courts on so many fronts. It was a terrible, terrible deal. Wow. Uh, and, and it had to be rejected. Um, and so the new British Prime Minister wants to see a totally new agreement with the European Union. Uh, but the EU is refusing to negotiate... And so we are likely to be heading for a what is known as a no deal uh, Brexit. Right. And all that means is that Britain exits the EU on October 31st, which, which is the EU mandated deadline. Um, but the Britain leaves without a negotiated settlement with the EU. It doesn't mean that trade investment is going to end. It just means that um, there is no formal arrangement in place. Britain will then uh, trade with the EU under World Trade Organization rules. Uh, and the British have said that they are willing to, to eliminate 97% of tariffs. The European with Union, a no deal. With a no deal Brexit. Yeah. And, and they'd yeah. be able to yeah. uh, make a deal with the US if they wanted yes, to. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so, that, that's, that's a great thing about a no deal yeah. Brexit. A no deal Brexit actually will work out just fine for, for the British people. There's nothing to 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 worry about with a no deal 
uh, no-deal Brexit. But the EU doesn't like a no-deal Brexit because they cannot retain any form of control or power over Britain. This is why they fear a no-deal Brexit. You said recently that um, Brexit is going to happen and that the British people will, quote, will be truly free and sovereign again. I think that's incredible. First of all, why are you so confident that it's going to happen yeah. after what happened? And then what is it also? And then the next question is, is what do you mean truly free and sovereign? Yeah, those are very, very important uh, questions. And firstly, why do I think Brexit is going to happen? Well, I was in London last week. Uh, I met with uh, a lot of political leaders, members of parliament, uh, some of the key advisors who are now going into Downing Street to work with the prime minister. Uh, and I had a, you know, a very good insight, I think, into uh, the way th- things are moving on the ground in, in London and, and also the thinking of, of the new Prime Minister Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson, after all, resigned from the Theresa May cabinet. He was foreign secretary. He resigned because he didn't like Theresa May's awful, disastrous deal. So he's a real man of principle. He also uh, led the vote leave Brexit campaign in 2016, a very key figure. Um, And Boris Johnson has made it 100% clear that Britain is leaving October 31st. He has placed the the British government on a a, uh, a war footing. He's he's implemented what is being known now as as a war cabinet of six uh, cabinet uh, officials who will oversee the the Brexit process. He's placed Michael Gove in charge of no-deal preparations. Uh, The whole machinery of the British government is now preparing for a no-deal Brexit on October 31st. And so he really means business. And he said to uh, EU, he's not prepared to even meet with EU leaders unless they agree to major concessions, in particular eliminating what is known as a Northern Ireland backstop, which keeps Britain indefinitely in the EU customs union. So uh, Johnson is approaching the negotiations with the EU from a position of, of strength and resolve. So he's an ally of ours then? Yes. Boris Johnson is a great ally of ours. He is a true Brexiteer. Uh, he would be described in, in London as a Churchillian Thatcherite. He's a big admirer of Margaret Thatcher, my former boss, and also Winston Churchill. He wrote a best-selling book on Churchill, actually, about Churchill's leadership. He's also uh, a huge supporter of the US-UK special relationship. He was born in New York. He spent his earliest uh, years in America. He was, until very recently, actually a US citizen. And um, he's somebody who has a deep affinity for the United States, and so I've got a lot of confidence in Boris Johnson. I've met him. I've hosted him here at Heritage. I know a lot of the people who work around him. So my own uh, uh, friends, former colleagues are working with Boris Johnson now. Um, and, you know, this is a, a serious government with a serious mission. And Boris Johnson sees Britain leaving the European Union as the biggest task for a British government uh, since, Britain, uh, since Britain fought World War II. So he's, he's turned the government into, into, into sort of a war a wartime government, as, as it were, uh, to assert British sovereignty and self-determination. What does this mean? It means that Britain will have 100% control over its own laws. Currently, two-thirds of British law is decided in Brussels, wow. not in London. British courts are not sovereign. They are subject to the rulings of European courts. The European Court of Justice is supreme over Britain's own Supreme Court. <laughs> wow. Can you imagine if the American Supreme Court was subject to rulings by a, a court in Buenos Aires or uh, in, uh, in Mexico City, for example. This is a situation that Britain faces today. Also, sovereignty means that Britain can control fully its own borders, decides who comes into the country. At the moment, 
If you're an EU citizen, you can come into into the United Kingdom. Uh, EU citizens can uh, either uh, look for work or, in many cases, uh, uh, live off uh, the welfare state in Britain. And Britain has a very generous welfare system. Um, and Britain subsidises large numbers of Europeans who simply don't work. That's all going to change with Brexit. And also, Britain is going to be, be able to negotiate its own free trade deals, control its own uh, trade policy. At the moment, the EU completely controls British trade policy. Just taking a step aside from uh, my talk with Niall, uh, so much is happening right now at the U.S. Supreme Court. And not only is it a lot happening uh, over there, but it's all consequential for what's happening in our country right now. They are deciding bigger and bigger cases that, that mean so much for average, everyday Americans like you and me. So we've been trying here at Heritage Foundation to break it down by doing the podcast SCOTUS 101. It really is a great podcast. It's the thing that kind of helps bring me back into sanity uh, when we have Elizabeth Slattery kind of going through the details, the personalities, and all the different little nuances that the Supreme Court has that you won't hear in the mainstream media. So if you've got some time and you're interested, please log on and listen to SCOTUS 101. Again, that's SCOTUS 101. All right, let's get back to our discussion with Niall. So, after uh, leaked diplomatic cables uh, revealed the former British ambassador uh, who recently stepped down, um, it it revealed that he was um, sharply critical of the Trump administration, called him inept and chaotic, um, after he resigned, um, I, I thought it was interesting that that a few days later, literally, Boris Johnson <laughs> becomes uh, prime minister and seemingly doing a complete 180 in terms of policy toward the U.S. I mean, if you read news articles, they were saying that relations with the U.K. have never been worse and our, our special relationship isn't that special anymore, that whole thing. Just, just go a little bit more. What shifted? What was it simply that that people in Britain um, had enough that Brexit wasn't happening and they decided to put Boris Johnson? How does this happen? Just a complete shift like that? Yes, I think, well, the, the British people wanted a uh, a leader, a conservative leader who really believes in Brexit and in his heart uh, truly believes in Brexit. And so that's a big change between Johnson and Theresa May. Uh, and and also Johnson is a relentlessly optimistic, big picture uh, politician. He's someone who uh, really is a breath of fresh air in the United Kingdom, uh, and he is the complete opposite of Theresa May, who is an incredibly dull um, uh, politician. And so Johnson is a very very charismatic guy. He he shares some of the same qualities of of uh, Donald Trump in the sense that he is somebody who appeals to a lot of ordinary uh, you know, men and women who have had enough of the political establishment. So Johnson very much breaks the political mold uh, and uh, in many ways a very brilliant, uh, brilliant guy. And on the special relationship, uh, with Theresa May, she didn't have a good relationship with the US president. It was very strained. Uh, also, Donald Trump was very critical of Theresa May's handling of Brexit and Trump was absolutely right. Uh, May's handling of Brexit was absolutely disaster. And, and Trump often called Theresa May out on this. She didn't like that. Uh, and, uh, and as we saw with the British ambassador's uh, comments in leaked, uh, in leaked documents uh, that were published in the Mail on Sunday in, in London, um, 
this was a this was a strained relationship between the May government and and the Trump administration. All that's going to change with uh, with Boris Johnson in power. And Boris Johnson and and Donald Trump have met on a number of occasions. They get on very well. Uh, they they like each other. Uh, they compliment each other. And uh, Donald Trump has been full of praise for Boris Johnson. Uh, and uh, just last week, actually, um, President Trump referred to. Uh, uh, Boris Johnson as uh, as Britain Trump, he said. So, which uh, which is a very interesting uh, comment. But you know, I think that this could be the strongest US UK partnership that we've seen since the days of, of Reagan and Thatcher in the 1980s, actually. And so, this is a big sea change from the Trump May dynamic, which was very very difficult and very strained. Well, Niall, I know that you just literally got off the plane from London, so thank you for traveling over there and keeping track of this, and uh, maybe get some sleep at some point. I look forward to that. Well, thank you very much. Uh, It's great, great to be on the show. Thank you. And that's it for this week's episode of Heritage Explains. You can catch Niall and all of his TV appearances and all of his writings at heritage.org. And in fact, I'm going to link to those directly if you uh, log on to the show notes uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. And another thing, we have been hearing from so many of you on what you like about the podcast. You've been giving us suggestions and you've been telling us on ways to improve. This is all great stuff. So we thank you for that and we want you to keep it up. Go ahead and leave us a comment wherever you listen. Give us a like if you enjoy the podcast or email us directly at managingeditor at heritage.org. That's managingeditor at heritage.org. We'll see you again next week for another explainer. Heritage Explains is produced by Michelle Cordero and Tim Desher with editing by Thalia Rampersad. It's because of support from listeners like you that we can continue to produce podcasts like Heritage Explains and SCOTUS 101. And you can help us keep it going by visiting www.heritage.org slash podcast today to make your tax-deductible gift.